Man, it ain't easy being right. Hello and welcome to Slaying Giants. I am your host, Joe Sneed. Hey, I don't know if y'all have been watching the news lately, but I am just reminded again and again the importance of developing discernment and getting out ahead of the news cycle so that you can be a proactive warrior for Christ instead of being a reactionary person. So what am I talking about? Well, I told you on a previous episode that the quote-unquote bombshells about Fauci and the origins of the COVID virus and the vaccine uh, were coming out, and it was shocking, went against the narrative. But if you listen to those who went against the narrative from the beginning, who used discernment and logic and weren't uh, didn't let the media just lead us astray, then these would not be any surprises. We knew that the virus came from a lab and was not natural. We knew that Fauci had a part in its creation. We knew that he was lying about it and that he's often lied about it. And we knew that he was pushing this vaccine and others were pushing this, this vaccine and it was not in a safe way, in a safe manner. Uh, and more truth is going to come out about this, so I'm just going to uh, get out ahead and just make some other predictions right now, and you can record this, you can note this, and then uh, hold my feet to the fire if I'm wrong, but just you will just uh, see if these come true or not. So more quote-unquote bombshells about the vaccine are going to come out, showing that they are in fact not that effective and are in fact dangerous. How dangerous? We don't know yet, but... There are lots of dangers to it. People have died from it. People have suffered adverse reactions. We know this. Uh, and I believe there's going to be more uh, that's coming out, sadly, and which is one of the reasons I caution against taking it, especially if you're a healthy person or a young person. Uh, if you're over 65 and you have underlying medical conditions, then it's then it, it might make sense for you to take the take the virus, take the uh, the experimental biological agent, as I've said, is not really a vaccine. But talk to your doctor about that. But I'll just say, uh, as a person coming from a medical background and talking with many brave doctors who who look at science and aren't and don't let uh, politics cloud their decisions, they'll tell you that this vaccine is contraindicated for you. Not not only is it not indicated for you, but it's contraindicated if you are below the age of 65 and or healthy. Also, other prediction, the election. As we're told, those are, that's the another one of those subjects that is verboten on the social media sites. You're not allowed to even question the validity of the election, just like you weren't even allowed to question the validity of masks and Fauci and the vaccine. But I'm um, lots of us have had questions about this election, about... Uh, a lot of shady business looked like went on, and I think it will be proven that Trump actually did win the 2020 election. We'll see. These audits are ongoing, and continue to pray for them that they uh, will be thorough and get to the truth, uh, and that more states will jump on the bandwagon. It looks like others are looking at it. And um, at the very least, it's going to show that there was massive fraud, but I believe that Trump did win the election, and it was not only stolen through illegal contributions from Zuckerberg and the media that was giving uh, Biden and other Democrats basically in contributions in kind, as it's called, which is a 
um, which is a violation of camp- campaign finance laws by their uh, censorship and uh, and slanted propaganda media, but that there was actual uh, fraud and more than just as normal. I mean, there's in every election, there's always every major election, nationwide election, there is some fraud. But I believe in 2020, it was unprecedented. And I'm including, if going back to the times of Jim Crow and when they used to, uh, you know, pay bums to go and vote repeatedly and drug them, like with uh, Edgar Allan Poe. It's a terrible story. Look that up sometime. But that was really bad. But I think this 2020, which proved to be the worst most corrupt, most lawless election in American history. Okay, so that's another prediction. Another prediction, one where I was proven correct, was in regard to a religious leader named Russell Moore. Now, if you're not an evangelical Christian, that name probably does not uh, mean anything to you, but Russell Moore was in charge of the um, Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission, which was uh, kind of, it's basically the... It was basically the um, the wing of the Southern Baptist Convention that was a political lobbyist trying to get um, the values, Christian values, instituted uh, in law. Well, he led that commission for eight years, I think it was, and many people had questions about him, but others staunchly defended him and said our questioning of him was unchristlike. Well, I I didn't know much about him until last year, but, but as soon as I did, I started speaking out against him, and many people derided me on social media, and you know, people I knew in ministry derided me. But I've just been proven right again because of his Russell Moore's very underhanded tactics when he was leaving, just conveniently leaking letters that were only meant to slander, not meant to help. And um, this will be uh, further prove, proven out by Russell Moore. And again, this was not a surprise to any of us who were paying attention and holding him up to biblical standards of truth. And that brings me to a, a cool announcement. Next week, I will be a messenger for my church to the Southern Baptist Convention annual meeting in Nashville. I'm excited to go. Uh, I've never been to Nashville before. Excited to go check it out here. It's a cool city. Uh, But I'm more excited because I hope to uh, be a positive influence at the the meeting. I've never been before, like I said. And uh, it looks like this is going to be the largest, most attended uh, SBC yearly meeting in in decades. And rightly so. There's been uh, a large leftward lurch in the SBC in the last several years, and not just because of Russell Moore, even though he is a big part of it, but others were involved. So I'm going to, like the uh, leadership of Greer, which has been a disaster, in my opinion, uh, I'm going to make another prediction here. So a lot of people like Al Mohler, and I want him to be president. He was part of the conservative resurgence in the 80s and early 90s, that helped stop a leftward lurch then and get SBC more b- back on biblical footing. 
He's the president of Southern Baptist Theological Seminary, which is the flagship seminary in the SBC. However, after doing a lot of research on Al Mohler, um, I just I don't think he's the man to lead the the convention. He is he his a lot of his teaching. You listen to his teaching, and it's fantastic. Some of it's even profound. However, whenever a controversy comes up, he either doesn't speak up, and these are important controversies, or he comes down on the side of the progressive, on those that are left-leaning, never on the side of the conservative, which is very troubling. And in 2019, when Resolution 9 was adopted, which basically said the SBC is going to use critical race theory as a tool to help us understand our uh, race relations, basically using uh, critical race theory instead of the Bible to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Al Mohler said nothing, and he just let it happen. And that's happened multiple times. And then there's clips, uh, uh, maybe I'll include this in the show notes, but there's been clips of him where he basically said that there is racism ingrained in every institution in America. Those are his words. That is straight up critical race theory. And so I think he is has adopted this worldview more than a lot of conservatives want to admit and more than he honestly admits. And so I I don't think Moeller is the man to lead us. I like Mike Stone of what I've uh of who I've uh researched some, so it makes sense that he's being critically attacked by some of the more left-leaning Baptists. So anyways, pray for my trip there. Um I like I said, this is my first trip. I don't know what extent I can uh, have an impact, but I hope to have uh, a good one. Uh, pray about it. Pray that uh, God's will be done and that he be glorified in this meeting. So, my prediction is, if there's four there's four contestants, for contestants, this makes it sound like it's a game show. There are four candidates for presidency this year. Two are conservative. One is a, a supposedly conservative, Al Mohler, and then one is very liberal. I am predicting that if either the liberal or Al Mohler is elected president, this leftward lurch will continue, and there'll be these calls for unity and reconciliation, but they'll just continue to lurch le- uh, leftward, and those of us who want to remain faithful to Christ and to and to the Bible uh, will be called divisive when we don't go along. We need someone like Mike Stone who is actively called to come back to go against that. Um, so, anyways, uh, so those are some other predictions I have made. You can hold me accountable for that. Say, Joe, you were right. If I was right, and if I was wrong, you're like, no, no, Joe, you're wrong. If you're a podcast junkie like I am, you probably thought about starting your own. But the idea can be intimidating, and you don't even know where to start. Well, use the company that I've used to help me get started, and that is Buzzsprout. We use Buzzsprout, and they have made the process so easy. You'll get a great-looking podcast website, audio players that you can drop into other websites, detailed analytics to see how people are listening, tools to promote your episodes, and more. Podcasting isn't hard when you have the right partners. The team at Buzzsprout is passionate about helping you succeed. Join over 100,000 podcasters already using Buzzsprout to get their message out to the world. Following the link in the show notes lets Buzzsprout know we sent you, and it gets you a $20 Amazon gift card if you sign up for a paid plan and help support our show. Sign up for Buzzsprout today.
So that gets me into my next section, which is how to develop discernment. And this is action steps that anyone can take, and it really is a skill. It really is a skill. Uh, First of all, we are all born, I believe all people are born with uh, common sense, uh, with a conscience, that internal uh, barometer that lets us know if things are right or wrong. We're all born with uh, a brain that we God wants us to develop to help uh, strengthen our logical skills. You know, He wants us to be warm and caring with our hearts, but He wants us to be critically thinking with our brains. And so, how can you do that? Uh, number one way, become a Christian. <laughs> um, if you are not a Christian, the Bible tells us that we all have the effects on our brain and on our heart called sin. We're all fallen, and our own selfish nature draws us away from from God and from the truth, and there's a struggle in us. Uh, we, we know truth. Sometimes we like it, but if the truth gets a little too hard, we lurch away from it. When we realize we're a sinner and we deserve God's judgment, uh, but that God has sent his son and has paid that payment for us, and we accept that uh, Christ's payment on the cross and his resurrection from the dead, then we are born again, we're made a child of God, and we receive the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit gives us a whole new way of finding truth. The Holy Spirit is a person, it's the third person of the Trinity, after the Father and the Son, and He, and Jesus, like Jesus said, He will lead us into all truth. So that is another uh, way of leading to truth. I remember when I became a Christian, one of the things I noticed was my conscience was all of a sudden like brought back to life. Things that I felt comfortable doing before, I couldn't do anymore. And that was the Holy Spirit working in my heart. And then as I read the Bible and listened to godly teaching, um, the Holy Spirit made God's Word come alive to me, and I was able to discern a lot of spiritual truths that I just didn't see before. I'd read the Bible a hundred times before, read a passage many times, and all of a sudden I understood it. So, that's not the reason to become a Christian, <laughs> to get that, uh, have the Holy Spirit um, give you more discerning skills. The main, the main reason is, of course, to save yourself from the wrath to come and to enjoy eternal life with God in the new creation. But one side benefit is that God will uh, dwell in your heart through the Holy Spirit, and he will help lead you into truth. So that is the first and most important way to develop discernment. And I, number two, and I kind of mentioned this before, get into God's word, read it, um, find a good Bible teacher to help you understand God's word. Find a good study Bible. I like the Ryrie study Bible. There's also the ESV study Bible. Um, these are great, uh, uh, great resources uh, the MacArthur Study Bible, that's another good one. And I'll just, I, I like, I mentioned several, and they don't always agree 100%. Um, these are developed by godly men. I think the ESV, Wayne Grudem was a big uh, part of that, and he's a great theologian. Of course, the MacArthur Study Bible was developed mainly by John MacArthur, and the Ryrie mainly by Charles Ryrie, the late Ryrie. And they, like I said, they don't agree 100% on every verse, but that's good because you can get different takes and kind of and figure it out for yourself. Another way to develop discernment, and I'm being dead serious here, is listen to classical music. Classical music has been shown to help you develop critical thinking skills. It'll calm your brain, and it will actually help you think. And if you if you 
are able to learn a musical instrument and to play classical music, they say that can even help you de- uh, develop your critical thinking skills even more. So next, what I recommend are some great authors. Read some, read some of the great books in the Western canon, the great books of history, uh, and that will help you develop skills. Uh, I recommend pretty much anything by C.S. Lewis, especially uh, The Screwtape Letters, Mere Christianity, uh, you know, The Abolition of Man, uh, The Chronicles of Narnia. They're all fantastic to help you uh, develop your critical thinking skills. Uh, read some of the books by the patristic fathers, the early church fathers, like um, On the Incarnation by Athanasius, which basic, which also has a uh, an introduction that was uh, to the English modern English translation that was written by C.S. Lewis, which is also very good. And again, I don't agree with everything Athanasius says, but a lot of what he says is very deep and profound, and it will help you think. Um, Knowing God by J.I. Packer is another great book. And Consequences of the Ideas is another great book. I, I'm forgetting who wrote that. Um, books by uh, R.C. Sproul are really good. Charles Haddon Spurgeon, um, he wrote, he didn't write books, but his sermons are fantastic. He's probably the greatest preacher ever in the English language, and his sermons are all documented, and you can listen to them. Well, you can't listen to them unless someone re-preaches them, but you can read them all, and they're great. Um, Who else? I mean, read some of the classics by Plato and Aristotle, especially Aristotle. Plato was off on a few things, but um, he's good because he was a... Plato is... Honestly, I don't think he's as great a philosopher as a lot of people make him out to be, but he was a great storyteller. And one of the great things he gave to Western civilization is he recorded the uh, talks of Socrates who came before him. And Socrates was a great thinker and a very moral man who, he was Greek, but he broke away from the Greek faith and started believing in a, in a single personal God who was moral and wanted who wanted us to live morally too. So it was very strangely Jewish in his uh, theology, and for that, part of that was the reason he was the Athenian assembly had him executed. He also um, exposed the corruption and incompetence of a lot of powerful people, which I'm sure did not help, but um, Plato recorded a lot of Socrates' dialogues. He uh, Socrates developed what's called the Socratic method, which is Basically, just teaching by asking questions and leading people to the to uh, the truth, and uh, it's a that's the best way to teach adults. By the way, is using the Socratic method, asking them questions and help them come to the conclusions themselves. Plato also recorded the trial of an execution of Socrates, which is uh, another great work. Um, so, uh, Plato. Again, like I said, he's a great storyteller. He wrote he wrote the allegory of the cave. Um, he wrote on some other things called the idea of forms. I forget exactly what it's called, but basically saying that there is a perfect idea for everything that exists in the physical world, but in the world of the forms, as he called it, ba- called it basically existed in the mind of God. Interesting theory. Not sure. I buy it a hundred percent. The bad things about Plato is he was kind of the first leftist. He uh, advocated the first utopian society. 
Um, he advocated basically segregating people by their intelligence and their skill sets and, uh, and keeping people in line using what, what he called the noble lie. Um, so in some regards, he, he would, he would, well, basically he was mad at Athenian democracy because they executed Socrates. And he said, Socrates was the greatest man who ever lived. And, Athenian democracy executed him. What Plato didn't realize is it's not the democracy wasn't the problem. It's the human heart. That's the problem. And instituting a a form of socialism and totalitarianism was not going to solve that. In fact, it'll make it worse. What we need to do is deal with the heart. And that's what Christianity gets at. And that's kind of what Aristotle said. He was a student of Plato. And, you know, out of respect for Plato, he didn't, speak against him while he was alive. Plato did start a great university. But then after Plato passed away, Aristotle, then he spoke out and wrote against Plato saying, yeah, Plato was kind of living in a dream world. And Aristotle, he's called sometimes called the philosopher, and he is in many ways the father of modern Western science. He came up with the, the class and phylum system of cataloging and organizing uh, Plants and Animals, which we still use today. He came up with uh, just laws of logic. Just uh, He didn't invent them. Some people say. I mean, these are laws. These are th- that have been in place since the beginning of creation. He just explained them well. You know, A, can, a cannot be B. A cannot be A and not A at the same time and in the same place. Things like that. Just... Great Laws of Logic, which I would recommend reading because a lot of people today cannot think logically, and it's killing us. Um, so Aristotle wrote on everything. Um, his, he had a, an idea about God. He also believed in a one single God. Plato did as well, just kind of a weird idea about it. Um, and Aristotle also believed in a single God. It's interesting that the three guys, Socrates, Plato, and Aristotle, that are considered the greatest philosophers— some of the greatest philosophers of all time, the greatest of ancient Greek, did not believe Greek theology. They were all monotheists, basically. Plato, it's unsure if he was a pantheist or not, but they all believed in one source, you know, one higher power intelligence, um, you know, basically one God. Um, and I think that really helped them in their in their thinking. Anyways, Aristotle, I mean, he's the one who came up with the idea of God being the unmoved mover, and he argued back to God through the, everything must have a cause, and if you argue backwards, there is a single causer. There must be, and then it's an uncaused causer, and he's a mover, and he's the unmoved mover. So he had some ideas about God. Um, I don't, he, he came short of believing in the, the biblical idea of a personal God. So will I see him in heaven? Probably not. Sadly, I hope it would be great if he was, but I just don't see in his life. I mean, in his teaching. So those are, but still his writings are very beneficial. I think much better than Plato's. In more modern times, there's uh, the writings of John Locke are really good. He's basically a lot of the philosophical foundations for our nation were laid by him. A lot of the Puritan writers were great. I've mentioned them before. John Owens, Jonathan Edwards. Uh, especially Jonathan Edwards. Um, Mayhew, I forget his first name. Might be Jonathan as well. Um, A lot of the Puritan writers are really good. 
as well. So those are some some ways you can help to develop some of your critical thinking skills and to develop discernment. Another way is just study history. Um, you will see patterns. You'll see human nature uh, play itself out, and you'll learn um, when you recognize those patterns again. Um, another way is uh, there's this law of logic called Occam's Razor. It was developed by William of Occam in the Middle Ages, which uh, he said, do not multiply entities beyond necessity, which basically means the simplest explanation for something is usually the right explanation. And it's a great rule to use to help kind of cut through some conspiracy theories. Although lately, I think Occam's Razor should be updated to say which at whatever theory is censored the most on, online is probably the right one. That's the new Occam's Razor. Um, and that brings me to another way to dis- develop discernment is is to realize that if something is very vehemently censored by those in power, you got to ask why. Just ask questions. Why is this being censored? Is it right is it right that it's censored even if it's even if it's not true? Should these powerful entities be censoring it? You know, should they have that power? That those are some great questions to ask and those are great ways to develop discernment and you'll realize when you start pushing back against all that the media is telling you uh, via via cable news or online that you'll start seeing things in a little bit different way. So anyways, these are some tools that I've used to help develop discernment. I hope those are helpful to you. Um, A good place to start in the Bible is the book of Proverbs. Uh, Those were written to help you develop discernment and wisdom and, uh, just read a proverb a day, think about it. In the New Testament, uh, start reading through Christ's Sermon on the Mount or, uh, or the book of James. That'll help you develop some wisdom as well. Anyways, I hope this is beneficial. Uh, I hope to record at least one more episode before I go to the SBC annual meeting. And I ask you to keep that in prayer, both for the body of Christ and also for my safe travels. All right. God bless, guys. Talk to you later. If you like Slaying Giants, please visit the website at slanggiantshow.com and support us via PayPal. You can also contact us at slanggiantshow at protonmail.com. Slaying Giants is a Joe Sneed creative production.